Hello, everyone. Welcome into another edition of To The Point Podcast. Boys doing well on this Thursday. We are just a few nights away from Super Bowl 56 featuring the Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams. And a lot to get into, important matchups. Who's going to win the big game? We'll get into all of that tonight. And I couldn't have, th- I couldn't have thought of a better person to talk about this game with. Uh, it's been a minute since he's been on the podcast, but we did say we'd have a conversation before uh, this season wrapped up. So I, I'm, I'm thankful to have uh, Adam Beers back on with me. Uh, Adam, I, I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with me tonight. Hey, we started the season off before kickoff, so mm-hmm. we had to finish it for sure. We had to finish it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to our chat. We'll have lots of fun tonight. Yeah, um, I, we didn't get to talk throughout the playoffs. Uh, what what do you think of all the anarchy this playoffs? One of the best you've seen? Well, I, again, I don't want to say it because, I mean, I seem to say it every year, but it's just this year's playoffs. It was literally a field goal basically every game. So I've been really, really enjoying it. To me, the Buffalo-Kansas City game was the game, like that was the Super Bowl game or the most entertaining game. You're not going to beat that. Right. Uh, that's a game that I think is going to haunt Buffalo. Uh, it's gone down as a kind of iconic game that will – the curse of Buffalo, so to speak. But every game has been really good. I've been really impressed with the football. I've been impressed how tight it is. Uh, so it's it's been really enjoyable to watch. There's no games that have been really a blowout. The only one was really uh, the Rams and Tampa. That one I wasn't really that interested in as the game progressed. So I left and then I come back and they're right back in it. And I should have known that knowing Tom Brady was on the field. So right. but no, I've enjoyed it. I like, uh, we've always talked at the start of the year about surprises and I think this year is definitely a surprise which I'm I'm really enjoying yeah I mean it's so you know spur of the moment and this is the best postseason ever but I mean I'm 23 I can't think of a better one I I, I, most times wild card weekend is is the best weekend it's my favorite personally this year was a dud it was by far the worst maybe because there's more playoff teams and you get a Philly in there who isn't a great team and uh, you know some more on the other side but you look at the last six games have all been dynamite. I mean, you get walk-off field goals and coming down to the to the wire and you have Cincinnati and, you know, my guy, porn star Jimmy in the second to last game of the season. I mean, it, it's, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. Um, we'll get into your guy Stafford as we go through the, the uh, podcast here, but I thought we'd start off by talking about golf because we, when I first started podcasting with uh, Seamus and Dawson a few years ago, we talked about the President's Cup and kind of the, the FedEx Cup and how the how they used it and the prize money and how to make it more interesting. Well, recently we've seen a new tour in Saudi Arabia where the government is starting to throw big money at the players. Some guys are like, well, maybe I'll leave the PGA Tour. Maybe I won't. We've heard Phil Mickelson, of all people, complain about the PGA Tour. Um, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this secondary option and if you think it can actually be a viable one moving forward. Yeah, it's really, it's quite an interesting story. It's, it's developing as we speak, which is really interesting to watch. Uh, and I'm of I'm kind of a free market kind of mindset. I like that, that, you know, for especially kind of like you might look at the players as labor, right? right. Um, when they're given choice, I think that's important. I think uh, to this point, the PGA Tour has had a monopoly on the players, on the events, on the television rights. It was they're really 
it's a very controlling organization. Most people maybe don't realize that. It's kind of like an Olympic committee or a NCAA. Uh, so I think personally for myself, I hey, the players are going to go where the money is. If Saudi Arabia is going to put up the money, uh, they have beautiful courses, beautiful architecture, all of like it's a Saudi Arabia is not, it's not. Uh, it's one of the nicest places on earth. It's unbelievable. Like in the money that is just oozing from there. And I mean, that's why they built those great cities and, and Dubai and all those things and had these courses. It's with the intent of drawing the best over there. So it's definitely a, a, something that we're going to have to watch. And it's really interesting, but I, I have no problem with it to a degree. I'm kind of give it to the PGA tour a little bit. I'm kind of on the side of Phil, like they're so threatened right now uh, with the Saudi tour. And I think that's an indication when you're that threatened by an outside source, to me, that tells you that you haven't been maybe doing things properly and maybe you haven't been treating the players uh, with the respect uh, and dignity they deserve. And they've been kind of more of a, a control asset, kind of maybe like NCAA football. Right. Usually where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think they're threatened by it. And I mean, if money is, you know, what can decide it, Saudi Arabia can outspend the PGA tour any day of the week. What's your thoughts? Where do you, what do you think about it? Yeah. I don't really side with Phil. If I had to pick somebody to side with the guys made so much money and he has the PGA tour to thank for making him a lot of that money. Uh, and I will say this to your point, if the PGA tour is relying on Phil Mickelson to stick around and that's their biggest concern, then they failed at marketing because Phil's 51 and yes, he won a major last year, but, more, more often than not, he misses the cut. Uh, you know, that, that's Phil at this point. I mean, he's 50, he should be on the senior tour, but he's still playing well. So kudos to him. Yeah. But I think what really could open the floodgates at him is if you get a guy, if DeChambeau says, okay, I'm leaving the tour. I'm taking the reported $135 million, which is crazy. More than Tiger's earned his entire career winning golf tournaments. To put that into perspective, that could really change some thoughts because Bryson I think for better for worse people love him people hate him that's exactly that's what makes somebody compelling Brad Marchand in hockey same thing that's why the guy he gets clicks he's relevant well if Bryson is not on the PGA Tour every week well how many more personalities does the PGA Tour really give you you know Rory can be contrary Jordan Spieth and his caddy are fun to watch because I think think Jordan's a head case out there uh but I think if you see a couple bigger names, like Ian Poulter is not going to move the, the, the lever, but if Bryson was to move, I think that could cause a seismic shift in the golf world. Again, two points I'm going to make here. The first is I think the players will follow the money. And I know you've talked about that in football. You have a very limited time to make your money. So yeah. they will chase the dollar bill, which you can't really blame any of the tour players for doing that. No. Concern I would have with the Saudi golf is you don't want to be like the KHL and just dump money into two or three names, get them over there. And then when they get there, it's kind of a sham of a league. And again, the KHL, is it a sham of a league? Well, no, it's developed over time. It's gotten better. It's more uh, legitimate. But initially, you can't just throw money at a, not a problem. You can't just throw money and then automatically get what has been established by the PGA Tour for years and years and years with tradition and, and all those things. So I think it's a viable, it's a viable competitor. 
to the PGA Tour if they do it right. But if they are just going to pluck three or four big names and then drive those guys into the dirt, every appearance, 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 uh, the players don't want that either. They're not going over there to just be a, uh, like a billboard for. No, and they can't play every weekend, Adam. They'll be broken down in a year and a half. Yeah. So I like the idea of competition. I think that usually benefits the players. It does benefit maybe even the audience as us. I mean, I have no issue watching golf, whether it's in Saudi Arabia, Australia, uh, England, or wherever, like golf to me is golf. The time zone thing might be a little bit of an issue, but uh, I, I have no problem with competition. And I think that might make the PGA tour a little bit better, maybe in terms of their entertainment value. And again, you mentioned guys, Noah, like Spieth and Rory, those guys are 35, 30. Like, where's the kids? Where are the young guys? How I'm not sure how Deshambo's what, 33? He's 30. He's mid-30s, yeah. So he's young enough. But, I mean, usually we should – where's the 21-year-old? Where's the Spieth of 10 years ago, right? Where are these kids that are coming up that aren't – they're maybe there, but they're not necessarily household names, right. I guess. So, oh yeah, I, I like the competition. Uh, what really bothered me was the Americans getting on their high horse or the, LP, the PGA Tour and saying human rights issues and all that stuff. And I'm like, America, don't start pointing fingers. Like, that, I mean, there's a lot of history with the PGA Tour and a lot of social issues and, and uh, you know, whether it's female or uh, African-American issues that they, yeah. you know, isolated. So just be careful of pointing fingers. And if that's all you have to me, if I was the PGA tour, I might take the approach. Well, we're the best league in the world. You're welcome to go to Saudi Arabia. Enjoy your time over there. We're going to keep business as usual and let the league and let, let your, let the tour and, you know, do the talking in a sense, but they're very defensive and they're very scared of it. I think. Yeah. They, yeah, that, that's a tough one. Cause you, you could just point Saudi Arabia could say, okay, well, Augusta national is the most prized thing until like 20 years ago, black people couldn't play at Augusta national women weren't allowed to play at a gut. Like there there's, yeah, I agree with you about that. Don't, don't poke the social issue bear unless you are truly free, which, which they aren't of doing. Well, nobody that. is. And that, you know, that nobody is, they there's skeletons in every league's closet. And I mean, yeah, it's okay to address them, but it's also like, you live in glass. Don't throw, what is it? If you don't live throw in glass stones house, at glass houses. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I like to see the PGA tour squirm in, in a sense, because it's, again, it's, it's an old boys club that has never really been challenged and you get complacent when you're in that position for year after year after year. And you start to, as Phil said in, in the article sports illustrated, I think it was like, yeah, like, I don't own my shots. Like I don't own anything that I do on a PGA tour course. And I never really thought of that. I didn't really think about it but it's kind of like the Olympics too. Like we can't watch the golden goal without paying the IOC. Sidney Crosby can't own a copy of that. You know, you can look at the pictures. So again, I I don't, I don't mind shaking the, stirring the pot a little bit. Yeah. I don't mind it either. PGA tour. I mean, PGA tour, you got to still love it because like you said, I think the time zone is one of the biggest problems because I read this morning, Washington post, the Olympics is down 50% in their viewership this Olympics. So that is catastrophic number 50%. Uh, you know, if it starts at 4:30 AM Atlantic, who's watching that on a Sunday morning? I think very few people, um, maybe me on the treadmill. I don't know, but you know, yeah. other than that, uh, you'll, maybe you can catch the back nine when you get up on your second coffee. 
but uh, I that that's one problem. Um, let's let's talk about NFL and coaching, and we talked about social issues and things of that nature, and I've been talking about this for weeks because it's something I'm passionate about. I I really it irritated me the whole uh, process. What happened to Brian Flores? That that really bothered me, uh, and how the NFL goes about their coaching hires. So I haven't had you on. I kind of wanted to get your take on how he handled the, the class action lawsuit and kind of how the NFL has addressed their minority coaching hires uh, in, as a whole. First and foremost, like Brian Flores is a damn good coach. Yes. And he, that in itself, as that is what he's hired to do, doesn't matter skin color, anything like that. He was a darn good coach and he did not deserve to get fired. End of discussion, in my opinion. Um, so I think Flores, you know, I think we need more people like that in some senses when uh, there is something that you're passionate about and that you believe in. It doesn't mean everybody has to agree with what he believes in or, right. or how he feels, but you have to respect a man that has uh, values and he has something that he feels that he needs to stand up for. Doesn't mean everybody has to agree or disagree, but I mean, any man that has that um, courage backbone like that courage, you know, is, I respect a man that, that stands up for what they believe in, uh, whether society agrees or not, I don't, doesn't really matter. So I think, I think he'll get another job in the league. I really, really do. I'd like to hear your viewpoint on that, but from what we're hearing, I mean, it's his interview in Denver. He felt he was, it was a sham. They were just essentially doing it to meet their quota. Uh, he said there was issues with the coach or the general manager about losing games. And I mean, we talked at the start of the year, Miami, we considered them for competing for the division, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody was, you know, if Tua can get things straight, they're going to be one of those teams that could be a Cincinnati, really, you know? Right. So there's a lot to unpack in terms of what really went on. And again, it's always, it's always dangerous to just listen to one side and not hear and give Miami an opportunity to say, well, look, okay, that's how he saw it. This is how we saw it. Or whether it's John Elway or whatever, I think we're very reactionary as a society. And I, I think with Flores, we need to hear both perspectives. Hey, Flores, you're allowed to feel jilted and upset, but we have to, before we react, we have to hear both sides. And I mean, that's slowly coming out as, as we go forward. Yeah, I, I agree with that because I, I try to be the anti-media, if you will, because I think it's, you hear something, you all, you have to have an opinion. It has to be quick. You have to have a hot take. I'm not a hot take person. I just give my opinion when I hear the, the take on, like when I see all the information, I, I dissect it. I say, okay, my first thought was yours. Brian Flores shouldn't have been fired, point blank. Two straight winning seasons. The Miami Dolphins haven't had that since 03-04. It is the same situation with your Detroit Lions. Jim Caldwell should not have been fired when he was fired. He was 9-7. and seven. Detroit Lions, you're a fan, would kill for a 9-7 and seven season. They'd knock over half their fan base for a 9-7 and seven season. But I think there's him... I, I give him credit for courage and him poking at Belichick makes me smile because Belichick, you know, how could he get in more scandals? I mean, the guy has been in so deflate gate, spy gate. I'm sure he's got a bounty one coming out like Sean Payton's home team movie. That'll be on <laughs> Netflix in the next, in the, in the coming years. But I, 
I don't think he'll be a head coach again. I think he's a, a Colin Kaepernick 2.0, and I think ultimately Colin got um, – I think society grew because of him, and nobody, not everybody has to agree with that. I happen to – I'm okay with his stance. I'm fine with people that, that aren't. I think there's pros and cons to everything. But um, I just don't see people hiring him because he went against the establishment. He went against the old boys club. And this is really the old boys club. We're talking about 60-year-old white owners. Uh, and I, I have a hard time for them saying, yeah, well, we're going to accept this guy after he said we're running our league wrong. You know, telling a billionaire that they're doing something wrong, they don't often take kindly to that. Yeah. And I mean, see, I think... To me, again, I'm not going to get into it, but I think the Kaepernick and Flores to me are very different. And what I see with Flores is that what he has behind him, if according to what I know now, and again, more information could come to light and you got to weigh both sides of the right. equation. Right. But I think what, and I'm, it's, you got to couch this, I guess. I think he's like, what, how he was treated, I think is valid. I think it's like, I did everything I was told. I, I was hired to do a job and make the team better. I made the team better. I had a winning record, but I still get the shaft. Um, yeah, he, like most people would look at that situation just as you did and say, he got the shaft. So is it based on color? Okay, Flores assumes it is, and maybe it is completely, or is it something else? It doesn't really matter. The coach, the person got fired when he really didn't deserve to. But I mean, that opens it up. Well, the owner of the team has the right to do whatever they want because they own the team. Right. So again, this is like, we could do a whole podcast on just this issue, I think, and really not come to a conclusion. But I would say the fact that if in time, let's say in time, it's, it's when all the facts come out and we, people have a general sense of what happened and Flores was on the side of right, then I think there's no reason why you wouldn't hire him it's not as though he's not he didn't do anything wrong right no, no. call out the big guys yes it's kind of like the saudi arabia golf tour you got a lot of people with power and influence shaking in their boots because there's there is a there's a change right and you're seeing it in society it's this kind of people challenging maybe authority and people kind of pushing the limit of okay well we've been you got the shaft long enough. It's time to start giving the power back to the players and, and to the coaches and things like that. And it goes back, is it called the Rooney rule in the yeah, NFL? Rooney rule, yeah. it's called? I have big issues with that in itself. Like, I don't think that's, I think that system in itself is basically racist <laughs> in a sense. And again, I don't like to use that word, but it's, it's forcing teams to do things not organically. And if I'm a football coach, I want to hire the best person available. Right. right. And if in the NFL, if that person is of color, so be it. You're the best person available. So I don't know. It's 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 definitely interesting that the whole the whole Flores. Yeah. You, you got something I, I, on your mind, I can tell. <laughs> I, I I don't like the Rooney rule either, but I would say I hate the Rooney rule because it shouldn't have to be there. But it That's is what I mean. Because they, otherwise, Adam, I don't think many, very many minority coaches would get interviewed. And I think we saw that before. So that, that's why I think it has to be included. But it's not working because I think there's 
Brian Flores, a qualified candidate that doesn't get a job when he probably should have. So I, I mean, it's such a, it's such a, well, big and, and from what Flores is saying is his interview with Denver was basically, they were just going through the motions to check the box on the Rooney rule. So, right. I mean, that's not healthy either. That's, that's not, that's not the design or the intent of the rule. No, the rule not is at all. equal opportunity for everybody. It doesn't mean necessarily equal results, right? But equal opportunity. Right? Yes, yes, so, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I look around at these hires. Like, I, I, th- I have no problem with Brian Dayball getting the Giants job because I think Brian Dayball has a proven track record of at least being a good offensive coordinator. He, look yep. how he progressed Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I mean, Tom Brady's retired. You could argue, okay, I'll take Mahomes one in my quarterback draft. I think a lot of people would take uh, Allen too. I don't think that's, you know, I think he's in the top three or four. So you know, people argue whether he's better than Mahomes. You know, right. could have that conversation. Right. right. So I think Dayball, I'm fine with that because, you know, he, he's proven it. But I look at a guy like Mike McDaniel or Nathaniel Hackett, who got hired in Denver. I mean, he just screams to me, we hired this guy because he coaches Aaron Rodgers. Well, what if he doesn't? What if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay? Then you have this Nathaniel Hackett. Sounds like he's went to Yale and reads books. I mean, maybe he knows nothing about – he didn't call plays in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur did. Like, Eric Bieniemy called plays in KC. He doesn't get a job. So I just think there, there's like a disconnect between earning an opportunity and getting one because of, you know, different circumstances. Well, I'd argue Aaron Rodgers calls the plays in Green Bay. Yeah, he like, really? <laughs> Right, not, not Lafleur, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of coaches I didn't really even know anything about when I looked at the list. I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't really know too too much about those coaches. So, is that is there something maybe at the grassroots where there is not uh, maybe like whether it's from high school or what do they call kid football in the Pop states? Warner. Pop Warner, right? Is there not? is there not that representation from the ground up and maybe is it that's what's happening. But if you look solely based on player ratio to coach and owner ratio, that's completely um, skewed. Right. Uh, I'm not sure what the, the the breakdown of the league is. If it's 60, 40, I don't know. uh, know 73% is African-American in the NFL. Yeah. So again, in the, you look behind the benches, generally it's not, it's getting better it's getting better. And again, I think with anything over time and change, and I mean, we were talking before the podcast about, you know, the changes these last two years. So I think, I think progress takes time. Uh, And, and I think hopefully there's opportunities for everybody. Opportunities should be equal for everybody. Um, Outcome is a different story. And the way I look at it, like if we're given the same opportunity, but if you produce better results than I do, then Right. You know, you should get a promotion and I should stay back. That's how I think anyway. Right. But- it, 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 yeah. If, if your profession, if you're teaching, you're putting in more work, your students are getting higher grades. You should get the promotion before teacher B because you're, you're getting the, res- that, that's life. I mean, that, that that's right. how life should work uh, yep. you know, in, in a, in a perfect world. That, that's how it should work. You you've earned that opportunity. You get it. I mean, that's all we can hope for. So yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I hope it continues to get better. Uh, as, as we move forward here, I, I do think I credit Brian Flores for, for pointing this out because otherwise I don't think we talk about it and we're talking oh, about and, it. And the thing, and again, back to Flores to finish it off or, or we can continue talking, but it's like he, he's earned it. 
that's the problem is Flores right. managed to get an opportunity in a predominantly okay, uh, white league, right? And yeah. he did a damn good job, right? So, and now he's getting shafted in a sense, according to him. And again, I don't have all, I've never heard everything, but from what we're hearing or what's being reported, he feels that he's been kind of jilted and like, this isn't right. And like, I have an owner, imagine going to, imagine being hired for a job to do something. Your level of success is dependent on a certain result, which is W's, but then you have the person paying your paycheck telling you to lose. So either you make your owner happy and like, then your personal career is going to look terrible because you're going to yeah. be. So, I mean, he, anybody, anybody was in a tough situation there. And then to get the shaft at the end is it's, there's a lot to unpack there. No, yeah. Really. It's, it's a heavy topic. And I, yeah, I, it's hard to trust the dolphins because they're so pathetic uh, when it comes to winning and do, doing smart. They had one, one coach had back-to-back winning seasons. You fire them. Uh, and it's also reported. I kind of want to get your take on this player. He didn't play all this year. Deshaun Watson. He's likely not going to play in Houston next season. If his legal stuff comes out okay, I think he's in court uh, next month, he's going to be free. Last time we saw him, the guy is an elite, elite talent. Do you think teams are going to be knocking at the door for the services of Deshaun Watson? Depends on what the verdict is if I was a general manager. Yeah. If he's found guilty and then he goes and serves his time, in my opinion, that's why we have a justice system. Once he served his time and paid the price for his crime, it's time to move on. You can't hold a person down forever because they made a mistake. Like, like Michael not- Vick. Like Michael Vick, right. He did his time. He come back to the league, very controversial, but I mean, he served his time. What else can he do? Right. And hopefully you learn from those mistakes. And that's, we all are in a small way. We maybe not those extreme examples, but we all make mistakes. And if we were held down because we made one mistake and never allowed to have another opportunity, I have big issue with that. So I think to me, if I was a GM, that's my first priority. So what's the charges? Is he cleared? Has he served the sentence? Then if that answer came out to, yes, he served the sentence, he was found guilty or not guilty. Okay. I'm going to trust the justice system. I'm not going to just make a personal social opinion on fans for the franchise. I would be after him. I would be going for him. So to make a a short answer long, Mm -hmm. really, basically, if it is, if he's clear of all legal issues yep. and the court system has run its course, the man deserves to make a living. And I would, I would be after him. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Again, I don't agree with what happened and what he did, obviously, but we also can't have a person pay for a crime when the justice system has t- said to us all that, okay, he served his time or he paid his price to society. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. If he's free, I mean, there's not many better. Uh, no. I, I look around. There's a lot of teams that will want him. Apparently Miami doesn't, which is another ugh, Miami. Uh, <laughs> they, they just hate to get better. It's just, it's immune. I think Carolina is a team that would really love Deshaun Watson. They've been devoid of quarterback for a number of years now. I mean, half the league could use him. Uh, yes. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, there's teams that are kind of up in the air, like with the Bears kick tires. I don't even want to go to the Bears. Pittsburgh is another one. Pittsburgh, I'm um, Vegas, they host the Super Bowl next year. I'm sure they'd want to make it three in a row. I think teams getting to back to back home Super Bowls puts even more pressure 
on Mark Davis to get his team at least back into the playoffs, be a team that's a threat to uh, next season. Cause you don't want to be miss the playoffs on your home Super Bowl. That's a bad look after back-to-back seasons where the home team has hosted their Super Bowl, if you will. What do you know what he's paying McDaniels? I like the hire. I do like yeah. that hire. What is yeah. he like? Is he getting Gruden money? I think he's getting like seven to eight a year. That's it. Well, for how long? Good. But for how long? Five year deal. Okay. It's not the hundred million Gruden got, but it's, you're getting up there. You're getting pretty close. John Gruden's a, he want, I mean, McDaniels is a good, he's a good OC. Got a head coaching job once, but I, I, I like the hire too. Uh, I think it's smart. I, I like Derek Carr more than most people. So I, I, I'd hate to trade Derek Carr, but I would for Deshaun Watson. Well, I sometimes think I'm talking to Derek Carr. <laughs> you gotta look like him, though, a bit. I've heard that. Yeah, you heard that. But yeah. no, I think uh, McDaniel. I think he's a good coach. I think you learn. He went to Denver. It wasn't very successful. That's yeah. okay. You're allowed. Like that's how we we get better. Yeah. You fail. Look you at learn. Bill Belichick. Hundred percent. He started in the was it Jets or Cleveland? He started. It was in Cleveland. And he was the Jets coach for a day, and then he yeah. left for New England. <laughs> well, McDaniel's did that to Indianapolis. Yeah, sort of. yeah. Andrew Jeez. Luck retired, oh. and then he goes out the back door. <laughs> yeah. See ya. So yeah. anyway, I think that's a decent, uh, a decent hire, and I, I'm not, I'm not like to me, Derek Carr is in the top third of quarterbacks, and I don't know why they give him such a hard time. Yeah, it's his defenses suck every year, and he goes. Oh, Derek Carr just can't get it done. I'm like, okay, well, why, why are you putting it on Derek Carr? He could yeah. be a Stafford. You know, he could have that Stafford story if he had a better team around him. And it's a good transition uh, into Super Bowl 56. And it's been an, a, a, you know, a whirlwind of a season for your quarterback, as Terrell Owens would say, uh, Matthew Stafford. <laughs> uh, you know, Starts off seven and one, riding high. Then he has a four week stretch where he throws three pick sixes, uh, and he led the NFL in, in pick sixes this year. But they find it, they sign Obadell Beckham Jr., they end up losing to the 49ers last game of the season. But they went on this incredible playoff run. He retires Tom Brady. Um, what have you made of Stafford's first year in, in LA? And do you feel vindicated as a, as a Lion, longtime Lions fan? Well, for, I'm not going to cry for my quarterback like Terrell, but I, I might shed a little tear if he does win the Super Bowl. Right. I, I feel great because you've been giving me a hard time for years about Stafford. He doesn't win anything. He doesn't win anything. He's not even in the playoffs. So, again, it's, it's kind of like the Derek Carr. If you, you don't win anything in the NFL without a team around you, you need that support. Um, and he, Stafford, to me, I love the fact that he retired Tom Brady. Love that. That really makes you feel good as a life. That's maybe. One of my- maybe oh yeah he'll be back he's never coming say back. never i where did i hear he was going um 49ers yes yes i was reading that's interesting we can talk about that after too. Yeah. <laughs> um no I, I i'm i'm really happy for him i think he showed you again he hasn't been perfect he's got flaws in his games questions that he had in detroit you know can he win the big game is he gonna make that last minute interception those question marks are still there for stafford but I think when they made the deal for him, I think this is the game that they wanted to get into. There's no guarantee you're going to win the game, no matter who or what. You know, look at Aaron Rodgers. He can't even get there. Yeah. Um, so you can be the best in the world. There's no guarantee that you're going to win this game. 
Uh, I think we can talk about the game after, but yeah, I'm vindicated. The icing on the cake is the Super Bowl victory. It's, I would say, the difference between maybe a Hall of Fame career for him and being a great quarterback that, you know, just one of the guys almost. Uh, a first, yes, a first ballot versus a, hmm, we're going to keep him decide if he's going to make the, the Hall of Fame or not. So this, this Sunday is really important for him, and I th- will get into who I think is going to win, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I do feel vindicated, and I, every win he gets in the playoffs, he's only been in a few games, but he's got a pretty good winning record. He's 500. It's okay. Uh, well, how is he this year? What's his record this year? So <laughs> Touche. Uh, you get out of that pit and you finally start winning some games. Um, yeah, I mean, kudos to uh, – you're right. I've, I've been hard on Stafford. And, you know, maybe that's Detroit. You know, maybe Barry Sanders could have won some Super Bowls too if he got the hell out of there. Uh, but – he so now played. we're gonna go Barry Sanders. Are you just gonna you found another well, one? I came to mind. I don't know. He's on Dan Patrick the other day. Yeah. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, poor guy. Um I great. I mean Stafford has been Stafford this year. I think it's been the perfect see he's had his highest of highs where he looks like the MVP. And you know, Dan Orlowski, who I really like at the mothership, he's a good analyst, is saying week four, Stafford's the MVP. And in week eight, he's, you know, the lowercase MVP. He's the lowercase GOAT, if you will, because uh, he's the reason they're losing a lot of the, the games in, in the mid part of the season. But in the playoffs, he was clutch. Uh, the last drive against against the uh, the Buccaneers, that throw to Cooper Cup, put it on him. Great throw. That's Stafford. He's got a huge arm. That's what you expect to see in that moment. He delivered. Uh, against, the, against the 49ers, down nine going into the fourth quarter, he rallies to win the game. I mean, that, those are big moments. So, you know, kudos to him. Uh, I think he's been through a lot. His wife had brain cancer. That can't be easy to deal with. Uh, and, you know, he's been doubted for a long time as well. But I will add this. If he loses this Sunday, this, this postseason has been worth nothing, in my opinion, because you need to close it. I totally agree with you. He wins this game, put him in the Hall of Fame tomorrow. He's in there. He's, he's, he's in Canton. He's got a bust. He's got a Super Bowl ring. And with the way the NFC looks, maybe he'll win another one next year. But I think you need to close this off because otherwise you go all in to get to the end where Jared Goff got you and it didn't, really, you didn't, it didn't mean anything. Yeah, there's a lot there. In terms of with Stafford, one thing you mentioned too earlier is like those last-minute drives – I watched the Detroit games. He does, does that all the time in Detroit. Like it was yeah. the last two minutes and like, he's just doing exactly what he's always done in Detroit. Just nobody noticed it. And that's again, the league notices it, but like he won so many games for Detroit, the few that they did win at the, in the last minute. Uh, <laughs> he's also a guy that his teammates like, uh, yeah. he's got a really backstory with his wife is really interesting. And like him and uh, McVeigh have a, seem to have a really close bond. Like, the players like him. The players like playing for him and he comes off as a really good person too, you know? Right. So I think if he, if he doesn't win, it is, it's going to be tough. And I think his legacy will be questioned. Um, yeah. I like it is, it's, it's really. The NFC is a lot weaker though than it. It could even be weaker with Aaron Rodgers potentially leaving who knows Russell Wilson. Uh, so 
I would give the Rams a good chance of getting back to this game. I mean, it's a long year to get back there. It's not easy to to go to back-to-back Super Bowls, but I think they'd be the, the heavy favorite going into next season, uh, Vegas-wise. But I, to me, let's not even worry about next season. If, oh, no. I think if they no, win no. this year, it'll be a lot yeah. easier for them to get back. The pressure's off. Right. So the boys just get in the playoffs, kind of take it. The, the Rams have sacrificed the future for this moment. They've sacrificed, their, I think, till 2024. They don't have a first-round draft pick. Um, when Like, looking at the roster, they have literally a Hall of Fame roster in many positions. You know, Jalen Ramsey could be a future Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vaughn Whitworth Miller. At left tackle. Whitworth. We have uh, uh, Darnold. Or, yeah, Donald. D- Donald. Sorry, yeah. yeah, Donald. Stafford could be like Cooper Cup. It's looking like he's on his way. Mm-hmm. So history will look OBJ. You'll look back on this team and say, how didn't they win? And especially if this was, if it was anybody but Cincinnati, then you could say maybe justify, okay, you know what? But like they have to beat Cincinnati. And again, we can talk about how good they've been and the Cinderella story, but like this is as easy as it gets with that team that was designed, okay, to play a Kansas City or a Green Bay and and beat Tampa Bay, those teams, those top tier teams. What is in front of you today in your home field is not one of those teams. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a big disappointment if they lose it. I would like to see the odds in Vegas, how much money is on the, the Rams side. It must be astronomical. Well, they're only a three and a half point favorite. So that would tell you that there's not that big a heavy money coming in on the Rams, because if the money was coming in on the Rams, the number would go up. Uh, it would be five, five and a half at this point. I mean, it's been out for a week and a half since the AFC, uh, the NFC championship game closed uh be two weeks sunday obviously with, with the super bowl but you know uh close to 10 days the number's actually gone down since it's opened so that that's interesting um but i i look that I, that might tell me the people are overestimating the the Bengals. right i i totally like, agree it's more than against that's more to me that's more not necessarily a reflection of, of the rams that's people saying hell with it let's ride this cinderella right. story burrow's that nobody cared about two months ago is now the golden boy. And like, I would say plus that it's hard to make money betting on the favorite. Yes. Well, if you have your payout, your payout's <laughs> not any good. So what's the right. point anyway? Um, but I agree. I, you look at these two teams, this game shouldn't be close, but Kansas city shouldn't have been close. Tennessee should have beat Cincinnati. So it's like, well, when does this, when does this end to juxtapose the quarterbacks what have you made of Joe Burrow's season, postseason, and just the cavalier attitude this young man plays with? Well, again, just to touch on how Cincinnati got here, I'll just go to back to the Kansas City game. When Mahomes, when, when they won the coin toss in overtime, yeah. I was like, Mahomes was way, he thought the game was over. And it was like, he was too, I found he was really nonchalant. And he went out there and I think four, it was four, three, four plays and they were done. So, I think people underestimated them. I think always, oh yeah, we're going to come around. We'll turn it on. And what happened is like the clock kept ticking and they couldn't kind of control the game. Kansas city had control of the game early, but after that they made some adjustment uh, adjustments. Yeah. I find the, the Cincinnati, what's the Cincinnati's coach's name again? Uh, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. He's getting like, oh, he's not that good of a coach. Well, I think he's a pretty darn good coach. He's made adjustments. He's kept his team in games that nobody thought they should be in mm-hmm. um, moving forward. 
So what was the question again? What have you made of Joe Burrow's season and uh, postseason? Um, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Cool as a cucumber. This He went number two, did he not? Was he number two or number He's one? Stafford. He's like number one. Okay. And he won, he won in college. So, yep. I mean. He, he would be the first player to be the number one overall pick, to win the Heisman, to win the national championship, and win a Super Bowl in a three-year span. That's why he's I'm fired. Yeah, he's on fire. He's like, so to me, you got Von Miller and Donald there. That's a game changer. But I, to counteract that when I'm thinking about the game, okay, the Rams are going to win this. He got sacked nine times against Tennessee, and they still won. Part of the thing, too, with Kansas, uh, like, it's the kicker. The kicker is the reason why Joe, Joe Burrow is in the Super yeah. Bowl. It's The media likes to say it's all Joe Burrow. It is a lot of it. He's as cool as a cucumber. I like him. I like his swagger. But the kicker could be the X factor in this game because he's got ice in his veins, and he is, like, he's a, a kickers are not cool. He's no. a cool kicker. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Everybody's like, okay, who's... You want to have a beer with him. Yeah, like he's not <laughs> uh, he's not a 50-year-old with gray hair, like going out there that's been playing forever. He's he's a cool kicker. And I mean, the, they obviously think a lot of them. Burrow mentioned him too in the victories. So it's it's the young gun. It's the up-and-comer against the Wiley veteran. Very similar kind of histories with Stafford. You know, success yeah. in college, first overall pick. Burrow is at the early stages. My heart says I'd like to see Burrow's going to have another shot if this is really who he is. But you is never he know. though? We said that well, about Dan Marino. Yeah, but it's Miami, Noah. We're talking about well, the Dolphins. What's Cincinnati, Adam? <laughs> I know. Yes, we're going back to Cincinnati. Bill Belichick yeah. told us we were going back, and we're yeah. back. So it's uh, I. I think talent rises, and again, you can't. Aaron Rodgers is having a hard time getting back. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a hard trophy to win. And again, that's why hopefully Stafford won't get crucified if he doesn't win. Cause it's so hard to win that trophy, but uh, he's impressive. I mean, there, there's yeah. nothing not to like the million dollar smile, the, the, the laid back attitude, like his teammates love him and he's a media darling. He's going to be here for the years, years to come. And he's going to be a household name. Yeah, if he if he wins the Super Bowl, how quick will the story be written that he's the next Tom Brady? Somebody already have that piece written and there's right. Oh yes, it's just, we'll just hit send. Yeah. Just hit send. <laughs> oh, those are all written. Yeah, those are all written. But yeah. again, that's unfair. Anybody that writes a story like that, it's like, come on. There's lots of other stories to write about. Like, let's yeah. give this kid an opportunity to enjoy his victory. Let's not put him on this pedestal. Like to me, that you do that as a reporter to watch them fail. So if they go in next year and they're, you know, eight and nine, oh, look, he's no longer like. Yeah, he's so you kid. can crucify the guy and be like, oh, he should have been this, but look how big of a failure he is. And you can put yeah, him he was, Yeah, he was supposed to be the Tom Brady, question mark. Well, nobody said that until you wrote the article six months ago. Right. So, I mean, and you got to understand, he's still a kid. He's still young. He's going to learn. There's going to be bumps in the road. Um, and again, if you, you judge Tom Brady by his, first two years in the league you you know so yeah there, there's going to be comparisons but let's see how the game goes first i what, what are you feeling do you are you leaning towards one or the other the rams should win like they should win and if the game 
shouldn't really be that close because I, if I just look through the rosters, Joe Burrow, Stafford, and they've never played in a Super Bowl. They both only played in one NFC championship game. So that's kind of a wash. Stafford's push. got 14 years on him, but I'm going to push that because I like yeah. Joe Burrow's played a national championship game. Stafford didn't do that at, at Georgia. So I'll push that running back. I'll give the edge to Cincinnati over Akers and Michelle. I like Joe Mixon a little bit more. I think he's better at catching balls out of the backfield. So I'll give the edge to Cincinnati there. So I'll say one, nothing receiver Jamar. That's, that's almost a push as well, Adam, because Jamar chase is unbelievable. I T Higgins is vastly underrated. The guy's so big, he's hard to cover, but you got OBJ who people love to put down another guy that, you know, maybe it's just because the quarterback he plays was, wasn't that good in Cleveland. Uh, and Cooper cup, you know, the Amish warrior is uh, he's phenomenal as well. So I, I think I'll push that. Um, I think you're doing Jamal. I, again, I think Jamal's a nice story and he's, we're seeing his talent, but I mean, Cooper cup, this like, there's been no better. We, and, and he's, OBJ is your number two option, which again, he's a little, I think I would give the win there to the Rams. Okay. Fair enough. Fair I'll enough. give you the, I'll give you Mixon. Yep. But that's close too. That that's a, by a nose. Know, no, they're, they're good. They fumble a lot in LA though. It's one thing I worry about. Akers likes to give the ball to the other team. So that does concern me a little bit. <laughs> he's been um, benched. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, yeah, no, uh, def- defensive line, uh, uh, the Rams. I mean, you have Aaron yeah. Donald and Von Miller, a Super Bowl MVP, and then you have 99, and he's he's a problem in and of itself. I think that he, yeah. I think, uh, let me ask you this. Is Aaron Donald the best player in this game, in the Super Bowl? This oh, week? that's a good question. Well, it's hard to kind of group them all into one. At his position, yes. Okay, in – in the league, yes. Um, I'll put it to you this way. He has the potential to impact the game most for his team. Right. Um, and he can easily be the MVP. Like, he, it would be nice to see him. But, I mean, Cooper Cup can be – like, there's so much talent on the field, it's hard to say that he's the, the best player on the field. Yeah, I would probably – if you, we look back in 30 years and look at this team and say, okay, that, that there were, who's – he's going to stick out as an anomaly – of his position and how he changed the position. So I would say in hindsight, if we look back, he's going to be, yes, he'll be the best player, considered the best player on the field in history. Um, Does that mean he's going to impact the game the most? We don't know, but yeah, I think he is come to think about it. So defensive line, I like Hendrickson and uh, on Cincinnati, but Donald Floyd, Miller, Troy reader, I mean, the check for uh, check for LA offensive line. LA, I mean, nine sacks. That's all I got to say. I mean, yeah. I, I think one of the biggest matchups of the game, and it's a quiet one, is Jackson Carmen, who's the tackle against Aaron Donald. They're going to need to double, triple team him, but it's hard because you have Leonard Floyd, who had nine and a half sacks this year. You have Von Miller and Aaron Donald. So I, I think almost the game is going to be won with the defensive line and versus O-line of Cincinnati – rather than Stafford against the DB's linebacking core of the Bengals. Yeah, and most, again, more often than not, those games are won in the trenches. I mean, you look at last year's Super Bowl, Tom Brady, it wasn't Tom that won that game. No. Um, 
who was his name again for uh, Tampa? Or uh, Shaq um, Barrett? Yeah, Shaq. He won the game. It was yeah. all him. He uh, should have so, been MVP. He should hundred percent. He should have been MVP, but it's not a great sell. Yeah. Um, so it, like it, it will be one in the trenches. I think Donald is coming to play. All those guys are coming to play, you know, mm-hmm. but this is an opportunity. This is where you go from being definitive in your career for Stafford, for Donald. Um, Von Miller's never won a championship. Has he? Yeah. Uh, Denver. Denver. What about did OBJ? Yeah. He won one in New York um, or no, no, he wasn't he's, in New only, York. he's only played prior to the season. He only played in one playoff game. Oh, okay. With the giants. Yeah. They okay. went to Green Bay and they lost uh, a few years ago. So yeah, like the, they're all going to be hungry, but I think there's going to be it's it's going to be interesting to watch those matchups uh, and who kind of prevails. And again, you have Jay Ramsey there too is another one. Their mm. corner, like he's he's a stud. It's it's a really good matchup. Like I'm sure initially people were like, oh, Cincinnati, L.A. Rams, but once you really start to break it down, like this is going to be a fun a fun game. There's a lot of chess matches within the game that are going to have to me a matchup is the coaches it's mcveigh right. against uh that's another interesting one the, and, the golden and find, child and i find more often than not mcveigh gets out coached a lot of weeks I, I think his challenges are terrible i mean against the 49ers he had two challenges they were both so clearly wrong when he challenged them and i'm like what are you doing and his timeout management i think is often poor so maybe zach taylor can use that to his advantage and that could be a way for for them to get a little bit of an edge in key moments of the game. Well, coaching is really important. And again, to me, coaching is, uh, let's go back to that Buffalo, Kansas city game. Yeah. 13 seconds. There's no way that game should have ever been lost. And that was all time management. It was coaching. It was poor decisions, kicking the ball out of bounds, all of that. Yeah. So the football is usually one in that last two minutes of each quarter. And that's going to be depending on coaching and McVay, as you said, no, I agree. He's been kind of unsure. I've always seen him as a pretty confident coach and, but I don't know if it's the pressure or the desperation that he's feeling like, this is it, this is it. We've invested everything in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the matter of that timeout when you need it could cost you the game, especially if they are going to be as close as they have been throughout the entire playoffs. So that's going to be an inter- interesting matchup too. Bigger legacy game. Stafford or Aaron Donald? Oh, um, I'm going to say Stafford's the easy answer. And I think it's, again, he's a quarterback, right? The, I would say, yeah, I would say Stafford. Yeah, I'm going to differ. I'm going to go with Aaron Donald because I think he has the potential. Like he, he's already got three defensive player of the years, which is tied for the most in the history of the league. But if he wants to be in that upper echelon, if he wants to be considered one of the best defensive players to ever play the position, which I don't think Stafford has the potential to ever, you know, be one of the best quarterbacks to ever play, is, you know, Lawrence Taylor won Super Bowls. Reggie White won Super Bowls. You know, I think he needs to win, win one, and then he's in that conversation. He's in that. He's at the party. You know, he's, he's, he's brought a girl to the dance, if you will. He's not waiting outside and his name's not on the guest list. I think that's kind of where I look at Aaron Donald and say Stafford, g- huge, of course, because he, he'll likely get into the Hall of Fame. I think Aaron Donald's a Hall of Famer already. But to be considered one of the best defensive players this period ever, I think he needs a Super Bowl championship on his resume. I, yeah, you, you've convinced me. I agree. Okay, I never thought of it that way in terms of Stafford being 
you know, one of the great quarterbacks, you would say great, okay, top 50 maybe of all time. And hmm. his, his name is never going to be mentioned with the greatest of the great. But for Donald, yeah, that does put him in the conversation with the creme de la creme. You know, he's one of those. And I think a title, yeah, my mind has been switched. You've convinced me. Cha-ching. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I never thought of it like that, but that's true. You know, he's in um, a category that is so supreme that he's going to be in that conversation. Do you remember watching Lawrence Taylor like growing up? Was he, was he a freak? I knew him, um, but I wasn't as much into football when I was younger. Right. I never was, but, but he was, he was a household name as a kid that liked sports. Like I watched baseball right. and golf and I didn't really understand football too, too much when I was younger and it wasn't mm. on very often uh, back when we had to go to school and walk uphill both ways. But yeah. it's uh, his name was there, Lawrence Taylor. Okay. Yeah. He was, he was a common name, a household name. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to watch. I, when I was growing up, I used to watch his tape uh, and uh, cause I'm a nerd. Uh, and he, uh, well, obviously the Joe Theismann play sticks out because you can, I don't, if everybody, if, if people have a weak stomach or you don't like to hear things, there's this video on YouTube where you can literally hear Joe Theismann's leg, like snap. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart, but uh, it's on there. If you, if you want to, you want to check it out. Well, if we're uh, going to YouTube videos, you should, have you ever watched Jim Brown? Have you yes. ever watched Jim Brown YouTube videos? Yeah. That's the most amazing thing you'll ever see. The Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. running, but I'm, but like he was a man amongst children. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth a search for sure. Yeah. Him and uh, the, the fridge at the one yard line. Yeah. yeah. Barry Sanders is another one too, to watch. He's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And what I love about Barry Sanders is he would just, I heard him interview before and he said, you know, why didn't you, you know, celebrate when you got a touchdown? And he's like, well, they pay me to get touchdowns. So why would I celebrate? Like he just, he'd always hand the ball to the official. And people thought of that as like a really cocky thing. Like it's more arrogant than doing the dance now or the defensive yeah. defensive players running to the television screen. He's just like, eh, I score touchdowns. That's just what I do. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like that line, like pretend like you've been there before. And yeah. I find like Barry Sanders, was, he was so good. And so like, I like that. You know, okay, give me the ball. Let's get back on the line and I'm going to do it again to you and just right. run it down your throat. And I, I like that. To me, I like that kind of confidence from an athlete. Is right. that quiet? Put your head down and, and just like Tiger. You know what I mean? Tiger just, he's going to just look at you, right? Yeah. He doesn't have to. So I, I like that kind of, I guess, killer attitude. I think that's half the reason Brady won Super Bowls. You know, I think you think of the Seattle Super Bowl, they overthought it run the ball. You win the Super Bowl. You're at the one yard line. All his Super Bowls were so close, but there's those games, multiple, you know, Atlanta, run the ball. You're up 28 to three. You win the game. Like, it's almost like, okay, we have Tom Brady who's not even doing anything at this point, but you know, oh, he's over there. We have to do this when our brain in our right axis says, do this. And you go to the promised land, you detour, go to the abyss and then you're a laughing stock forever. Well, that's what truly great athletes instill that fear. Uh, the Williams sisters, when they got on the tennis court, like the game was over before the match started. Same yeah. with Tiger. When he got on that back nine, the game is over. So, and again, we've been very fortunate. I think as sports fans, like we've watched some of the most amazing athletes. Uh, Usain Bolt is another one. Like that race is over before it even starts. Yeah. Like blink, it's gone. 
Yeah. Um, so we've been really fortunate to see these athletes and, and the Supreme being, but there is that level of athlete like a Tom Brady that just instills a fear in the opponent. I remember when I was a kid, it was Patrick Roy for the Canadians. Mm. He beat the teams because they couldn't score. And like they, he just, he was so good at the time, uh, especially with the Habs and on the 93 run. Like he was one of those players that like, you just can't score on him. Like, and he got in people's heads really quick. Right. Yeah. That's a good one. You, and uh, yeah, he, I think, I think uh, a guy that for me growing up, I think Scott Niedermeyer was like that, even though he was so quiet, like, he's just like, you're not beating me. Like, I'm Scott. I don't even got to try and I'll beat you. Like, I'm, I'm, stronger. I'm, I'm, yeah. He'll come take your head off. Uh, you touch me. But yeah. Um, I got to ask, are you happy Tom Brady's retired? I'm just happy. Again, I, I appreciate greatness. I, I was fortunate enough to watch him play football. Amazing yeah. player. Uh, give him a hard time. Like you give my staff at a hard time, but I mean, you, you got to respect what that person did. Like he's the greatest ever to play the game. And I mean, it's fun to hate on those guys because yeah, you know, the lowly lions are in the cellar, you know, fighting their way for, for scraps, but you got to give that guy credit and, and respect. And am I sad to see him go? I wouldn't be if the media didn't darling him so much. It's like, to me, it's, we're inundated so much. And again, and now it's going to be, it was Aaron Rodgers a lot this year too. It's like in Mahomes now, but there's other great players in the league. And I guess as a fan, I want people to, to see and hear about Justin Herbert or yeah. hey, Burrow. Nobody really knew, like football fans did, but that wasn't a household name. There's really good talent in the league and it's, it's fun to hear about the greatest, but it's also, it's nice that his ship has sailed, but he's coming back. He's not retired. Mm. well what happened with the tweet didn't he send out a tweet that he's retired and uh, he was on his podcast and he said never say never to coming back uh but but didn't he send his retirement tweet and then they took it off and then they sent it again well so adam Schefter reported that he was retiring and this was on a saturday and then his tb12 company basically tweeted out like retirement this and that deleted within seconds that person likely fired uh on the spot and then tuesday he released a nine page instagram post of you know thanking everybody and announcing his formal retirement so it was a little convoluted i don't think he wanted adam schefter to be the one to break his retirement which which i don't blame him it shouldn't be adam schefter uh, he can stick to aaron Rodgers and getting those stories wrong uh but uh you know i i uh i don't I don't want him to come back and play again. And here's why, Adam. I don't want him to be Brett Favre. I hated Brett Favre when he, oh, I don't want to play anymore and head injuries and yada, yada, yada. And then he's, oh, I can't leave the game. Like, I just, I just can't leave it. Like, well, what is it? One or the other, Brett, like go shoot Wrangler Gene commercials or play football, like retire or don't like either one, pick one, you know? And I don't want him to be in that category where he's in one year in the out i hate those players play the game or retire one or the other i know no but it's it's hard like that's all he's known and it yeah again, i think if there was any doubt he should have never said it that's what that's the only thing i would suggest like if there's any doubt yeah. tom go into training camp next year and part of the problem is is they retire so this is how i'm thinking of it he doesn't want to do the offseason stuff that is probably the hardest part about playing football is the constant preparation from today 
to training camp when training camp opens that's the hard part there's no games you're not with the boys you're just kind of doing your thing keeping in shape etc a lot of the older players they don't want to do that right they just want to go to camp and kind of go from there so i i wouldn't doubt if that's kind of what he's doing so you know i'm going to drink a few beer this summer going to relax a little bit maybe get a little bit out of shape come okay the fall i'll get back into shape and maybe go to san francisco or a team like that so i mean that's part of it i I don't like to see players continually come back, but it's also, I, I guess I can empathize too. If, if that was the lifestyle you only knew and it's everything, it's your whole life. Like, yeah, if you can like, look at Ben, big Ben this year, like he really wasn't that great, no. but he's, he, if he, if he could play, he would be playing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. I don't know if it'll taint the reputation. What do you think? I don't think, think it, it changed. Or I just, I just don't want him to be in that group because I don't like Brett Favre. And I, I just have a problem with him. Uh, but and also, like, I don't think he wants to be Aaron Rodgers where it's like, is he happy in Tampa? Is he leaving Green Bay? And then on the draft, there's a rumor you're getting. Like, that's almost more, that's more ad nauseum because you have to hear about it for four months before there's actual snap about where Aaron Rodgers or where these different players are going to play. And I think, I think half of it for Tom Brady is you look at the Tampa roster, they're not winning the Super Bowl next year. They're not. And I think well, San Francisco, maybe he could. Uh, I, you got number 19, that receiver. That guy's that's, that's a dog right there. Debo Samuel, him with Tom Brady, I'm sure would love to play, have him on his team. Yeah. And I mean, based as a, as a kind of non, non-judgmental fan, I'd say it's like, he was an MVP candidate this year. He might win it yet. You never know. That's tonight's so, year. Honors. Yeah, so like he still had gas in the tank. Just because I'm sick of hearing about him doesn't mean he like he's done. He's not washed up. He still had a few years left. So I wouldn't I wouldn't count my chickens yet that he's not going to be in the league. Kind of like the Gronk too. You know, those guys. Some of those guys need time to heal, right? Mm-hmm. And whether it's not just maybe physically, it's like emotionally. Okay, I got to spend some time with my family. I gotta I gotta be checked in. I can't be worried about gym and meeting all these weights and and right. muscle, like let me just be a, a dad and be a husband for a little while. And I'll worry about football come September, you know? Yeah. So, but I mean, you got to take all those things into effect and he's certainly not doing it for the money. Uh, he's not doing it for the accolades. He's got everything. He's, if he does come back, it's probably for the love of the game, which I mean, we love it as armchair quarterbacks too. So yes, he's earned, he's earned my respect in terms of whatever he does. You know what, Tom? have at it because you've earned he burnt it even though i'd sooner like you said I'm, i wish i heard the last of him but <laughs> if he comes back you know what he he's earned that right i think yeah no and the nfl is in good hands when it comes to quarterbacks burrow herbert mahomes allen trey lance you know deshaun watson uh you know there's there's some good i don't think they're gonna have a problem branding the next wave i, I heard that forever that that was the stupidest thing i've heard well when peyton and uh, tom are gone the lee's gonna go to crap Life moves on. Guess what? Yeah. Dan Reno retired. John Elway. Wayne Gretzky's gone. Is the NHL still going? Michael Jordan's been retired for 20 years. NBA is more popular now than it was back then. So life goes on. Uh, Adam, Super Bowl prediction. Who do you got winning the big game? I know. I have to I one. have to go with the Rams. And part of the reason is is because I think the bubble has to pop. But anytime I say the bubble has to pop, it usually doesn't until like two years later. Right. So Cincinnati's been on an incredible run. 
they are going to give them a game. I just think when you're lining up against future Hall of Famers like Donald and Von Miller, and you have, I just think they have too many weapons. And I think the gold dust is going to, the fairy dust is going to eventually blow away. And I'm going to have to go with the Rams in a close one. Yeah. I, the Rams should win by 10 plus. Uh, I don't think they will, uh, but I will, I'm going to pick the Rams as well. Uh, but if the betting line stays at four, give me the Bengals to cover. So Bengals to cover the four. Field yeah. goal. I think it could be a last possession. I think the game shouldn't be that close, but this postseason has been so bipolar that I'm thinking, okay, it has to end that way. It has to end where the Rams let them stick around a little bit. Then Stafford, to your you know, to your points, has some late game heroics and uh, they they win. He wins his first Super Bowl in year 14. I think too, it's important. I think hopefully LA learned a lesson with Tampa Bay is that when you have the dagger and you have them on the mat, you knock you knock them out. You yeah. finish your opponent. And I hope that if they do get a lead by a, a touchdown or two, that they keep driving it into them. Stop, yeah. you know, get as much as you can. And hopefully, again, the kicker, the kicking game is really important. That fourth yeah. and one is going to be interesting to see what do you do mm-hmm. on that fourth and one. That's a whole story within itself. But it's nice to put three points on the scoreboard too. So, yeah, I would agree it's going to be a close game. I hope it's a good game really is the most important thing. And I, I, again, I'd love to see Stafford win, but I mean, I'd be happy for Burrow and Cincinnati too. It's a good city. It's, they deserve a victory too. So it's a win-win in my sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a good, compelling, uh, I, I don't root for teams. I root for uh, material and I root for content as a, as a well, podcast host. And that's all, I'm, that's all I'm rooting for uh, this, this coming Sunday um before we wrap up have you been watching any of the olympics are you into that or kind of is that on the periphery well part of when the nhl said they're not going to participate again the time zone is a huge issue for me i so i'm not going to get up in the night but i just I, I literally this is i have no interest and i don't know why that is i don't know if it's because it's in china and because it's there's no fans and because it's so kind of maybe restricted and strict in terms of how the athletes and where they can film and all that stuff. I'm like, you know what, if it's that much work to do, I'm not really going to watch too, too much. So I haven't, honestly, I haven't watched one Olympic event and I don't think I probably will. Right. You, you what are you thinking? Yeah. I've, I've watched when the of- girls were wearing the masks. I saw that on the news. Oh, like, that was ridiculous. I'm like, okay, was- we've, yeah. we've jumped the shark. In we've hit rock and- Well, come on then they take what it to me it's a joke so it's like you know what if if you can't put something if you can't let athletes uh that are have worked for four years perform at their best without masks on on the ice and again i know it was kind of team canada decision too but like i don't want to watch that i'm not i don't want to be part of that foolishness yeah Yeah, i hear you that that really made me angry as well when I, i said this is so stupid uh but i've been Watching a lot of snowboarding. I do love snowboarding. So once every four years, I watch snowboarding. I could care less about it. The other three, uh, but I, you know, figure skating. I can't do. I'll leave that to my mother and eighty-year-old women. Uh, <laughs> uh, but snowboard. I, I watched the men's. Ho- I taped it this morning. I, I watched it tonight. I I'm just as invested as if we're NHL players. I don't need NHL players at the Olympics. I get to watch 
best of both worlds. I can watch them at NHL tonight, watch the Olympics in the morning. I, I, that's not something I've ever, I, I never need. So that's not something for me, but I, I agree with you. It's not as compelling. Again, there's just something missing about it. The whole mask scene and it's so like buttoned up and everything is so you know, cookie cutter, if you will. And it's such, it's shoe, uh, shoestring type of event. So I've, I've watched it, but I can't say I've enjoyed it as much as Vancouver or even Sochi in 2014. Well, it's, again, for me all my life, again, it's, I've changed as I gotten older, but like the Olympic spirit was really what drew me to the Olympics. It was the idea of unity. It was the idea of countries and, and the best athletes coming together in celebration and sportsmanship and respect and just seeing people from around the world with their talents and their skills and like competition, but friendship within that competition and i mean that spirit is gone like we're, we're, there's nothing there in china that is it's like it's tyrannical in a sense like how you can't report you can't have your cell phone there like no thanks uh, like the magic is gone the people aren't there it's not a unifying thing anymore it's 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 a made for television product that is designed to get ratings i think in a sense and i don't know what you think no one i don't want to keep you too long but no, I, I think guess, society I is we're, we're moving away from all of it. We're moving away from that, those like sports. And I know the ranking, the ratings are really down. I know NBA's ratings are down. Hockey's ratings are down. Like people are checking out of sports because I think it's become so politicized that it's no longer an escape for a lot of people. And that's part of the reason I don't watch the Olympics is because I don't want to hear about rules and COVID and masks. Like I didn't watch the hockey game to hear about that. That's it's an escape for most people. And it's, it's become so politicized. What do you, do you see that in sports a lot or no? What do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a part of it uh, because um, I think it, it depends a lot too, because you have ESPN that has the rights to most of these and they are a Disney company. So they're obviously going to lean a certain way. And then you have, you know, if you watch a, NFL game on Fox, it's going to, you know, it, it, it obviously is the complete opposite. So I don't think there's a middle ground where you don't have anything, you know, and I think it's tough too, Adam, because we talk about Brian Flores in this and on the ho on the helmets, it says end racism, which I think is important, but it's a, it's a topic of conversation that comes up so much. So by proxy, the conversations come up by osmosis when you see certain rhetoric, certain marketing at games where maybe fans are like, okay, I know this is an issue, but I don't want to think about it right now at my eight o'clock slot where from eight to 1030, I'm watching NBA on ESPN and then I'm going to bed and I'll worry about social justice come 730. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's the, again, it's a very personal choice in terms of how you feel. It's, is it the league's responsibility to, yeah, it's, it's too, almost too hot of a topic to touch because it's. I want to ask you something though, as a parent, uh, when it comes to kids and kind of growing up, you know, you have younger children. So are, are kids in, you know, they play sports, but are, are they into watching sports? Like I've never, I was, as you know, for, as a, when I was three or four, I, I was, I was all in, I've never left. So that was just in my head, but our kids, do they watch games like in your experience, even, you know, high school kids, like, are they into watching sports? Is that a, is that something that happens? I would say if I was a sports league and I went into a high school today, I would be very concerned about my future business. It's kind of like baseball. 
I would say all sports are like baseball is now. You go to right. a baseball field, it's guys that are 55 and older that have been, you know, watching games since they've been a kid and went to the ballpark with their dad. Well, that's that the next generation is not watching sports. It's esports, it's going to be video game sports, it's going to be um, Twitch video that, games. That's it. That is the sport. Um, right. So, again, my kids are really young. Uh, but they do watch, but we because we have it on at home. Right. They, will, they won't sit and watch a game, but they'll ask questions, or they'll sit for five minutes and watch a little a play, or we'll say, oh, "Okay, watch this. this. Is important." And they'll, like, I think in that sense, they're over time they might have an appreciation for sports and one day kind of pursue it. Um, and there's so, as, if I was a league, I'd be very concerned of the future generations and their the sports. I think part of it is, which is hard to believe, I think, is, you know, how if I love baseball, I'm old, quite a bit older than you. But when you watch baseball, maybe you say, I know you're an avid sports fan. Mm -hmm. But when maybe somebody that's 25 says, baseball's too slow, right? It's right. boring. There's not enough right. action. I like those breaks in the game. I like to look at, okay, the count. What is the pitcher going to do? Like, I like that, that part of the game. The chess game. The chess game. But what's happening now is hockey and football and the sport are too slow for the viewer. It's not enough beats per minute to keep them engaged. They're used to, whether it's video games or whatever, like high impact stimulation, right. stimulation, 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 30 seconds. Okay. They're on, on the phone, let's say. So this next generation coming up, I think they do like it, but I don't think, I don't see that. And again, it's a very small sample size, but the kids they're into sports but it's not uh it's not a a passion maybe as when we were young like ball right. hockey all day or run to right, the baseball right. field after school or uh trade sports cards or like oh get to a wildcats game like those things were like the biggest things that we could do as kids but right. i would be concerned if i was a sports league on how to keep this next generation engaged in the sport what do you what do you find with your friends even your age group yeah i mean, i have friends that watch sports uh otherwise they probably wouldn't be friends with me because what else would they talk to me because that's <laughs> I'm, not that, I'm not that deep uh, you make a good point yeah um but you know i've even found and this is too much information about me but i found it difficult sometimes to communicate with people because I'm so into sports. You know, I, I'll admit I have an issue. I watch it all the time. Like that's all I really care about. Like that's my main priority in life is sports. And obviously I want to do this for a living. So maybe that is a good thing. Uh, but it, you know, I, I think people care, but there's a certain max, you know, even my friend group is like, well, did you watch the game? They're like, no. And I'm like, Okay, we can't really talk about it then. Or, you know, people want to hear the headline. Oh, well, what about this suspension? Or what about this hit? You know, it's more about the inconsequential part of the game that's more interesting than actually who won the game, I guess, if that makes sense. Well, it completely does. But that applies to not only young people, but like we are a snippet headline society that gets our whole news from a 30-second clear, a, a four-second Yeah clip uh, right. online right so that's how that applies to even sports that's how people are consuming their sports that's how people are consuming their news their social interactions it's a quick swipe by a an image so 
I think that's, that's something that as again, back to the topic of sports that they have to be really aware of. And I think maybe that gambling associating gambling, yes. that instant gambling is one yeah. of those methods that they're going to apply that you can literally be engaged on your phone at the game. Okay. Coin toss. Is this going heads or tails? Boom. Bet 10 cents or a quarter or a dollar. I think that's, that's why that gaming push, I think in gambling is so important because it, it almost gamifies sports. And I, you must've seen on uh, Nickelodeon, how they had the kids version. Of yes. the game. Yeah. Like I thought that was kind of neat. That's interesting, but it shows you that the game itself is not, we need the bells. And whistles, yeah. You know? So. But, yeah. No, I think gambling is huge as well. Uh, you know, I think that keeps, uh, keeps people watching a 28 to 10 game. Cause they're like, Oh, is it, is it going to go over? Like I got the over, they'll watch the game until the bet is done, which could be the whole game. So viewership goes up, things of that nature. Oddly enough, the only sport that's not hurting is the NFL. It's doing better than ever uh, through, you know, this, even the whole politicized era with Colin Kaepernick, viewership never really went down. I, and, the NFL, and, you know, I'm sure uh, people on Fox would disagree with that, but I, uh, I saw the ratings for the AFC championship game. They were, they were pretty good. Um, it's a religion. No, it's a it religion. Is, in the it, is, it, it is. Oh. I, I mean, Sunday's a, a happy day. It's also one of the saddest days of the year for me because there's no football until July. Like it's, yeah, it's Mon- Oh yeah. No, I am the same way. Yeah. I'm the same way. Because I, I do watch CFL, but you know, there, there's nothing like the NFL. You know, I liked it. I love hockey. I love basketball, you know, the, the rest but there's nothing like the nfl but but they're pretty good at keeping in the news whether it's the the entry oh, yeah. draft whether it's I, 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 uh, the draft don't oh, don't get me wrong adam i will cover the draft thoroughly. <laughs> okay <laughs> well, well we'll yeah. touch base with the draft after the yeah. draft yeah that's uh that, that, that no problem there but no i i know you're busy and i, I just like to say i, I always uh, love chatting with you it's uh, it's always a great conversation and i uh i get a lot from it so Thanks for taking the time and uh, we'll do this again uh, down the road. Sounds good, Noah. I always enjoy it and uh, you're doing a great job. Thanks, Noah. Appreciate it, Adam. Uh, Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, I'll be back soon to talk with Matt Wright tomorrow about more of the Super Bowl headlines. Until then, this has been To The Point.